It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 26th day of uh, August 2015. I hope it's August, but anyway... We're here uh, today with our uh, co-host, Gay Basser, and the owner of uh, Had It website, T-Bird. Bless her heart. Uh, we're glad she had, she joined us today. And our, our guest speaker today is Raymond Hall, uh, 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 quite a veteran's advocate out there in California, and uh, him being a veteran himself. Uh, he's dealt with the VA and, uh, uh, you know, and made it uh, through the system there, and, and uh, he's, he's been an advocate ever since. Uh, so uh, how are you doing today, Raymond? I am doing wonderful, and I am thankful for being uh, invited to be a guest on the show. So good morning to the co-hosts and to T-Bird. I just want to thank you all for all of the work that you all are doing for veterans. Well, we want to thank you, too. And you want to give us a little bit of highlight here about how you got involved with all this and and some of your history. I think you said, was you a Marine? I was I was a Marine, 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines, um, out of uh, uh, training out of Paris Island, South Carolina. I got uh, to see some service uh, throughout the nation, uh, throughout the world, really. Um, but how I got involved in Veterans Affairs, uh, it, it, it starts right there. In 73, the man said something was wrong with my heart, and he said, if you get out, you're on your own. Well, the problem didn't show up until 1994. And um, after about 1995 or so, I went to the VA, and they told me definitely I, I was going to need a heart transplant. So from 1994, to 2000, February of 2000, I was in and out of the VA so many times with heart failure that I can't even count the number of admissions. It, it just uh, kept going on and on. And uh, in 1998, they moved, in November of 98, they moved me into the VA hospital because I got so sick I couldn't stay at home. And from November of 98 to February of 2000, that's where I lived, inside of that hospital there in West L.A. They have a domiciliary across the street from the medical hospital, and that's where I lived in the domiciliary. So in uh, February, the VA decided that I officially, the doctor said I was too sick, too confused, I'd never be able to handle a heart transplant, so they changed my care to comfort only and sent me to a program that was essentially hospice care and told me I had about 90 days to live. Well, that didn't sit well for me for a lot of reasons. I don't <laughs> think that uh, <laughs> nobody can really call that one, you know, but the good Lord. So, so I, just, I just said, okay, and um, I went on my way, and I uh, went outside of the VA and went to a hospital. So I went to this hospital, and they screened me and transferred me to a hospital called University Hospital. And uh, they considered me on April the 4th I was admitted. April the 17th, my heart failed completely. They put a heart mate in me. Now, that's a 
heart assist device where back in the day holes came hoses came out of my side and they went to a machine that plugged into the wall so I had to be kept in the hospital at all times. And they kept me alive like that until June the sixth of two thousand. And June the sixth of two thousand they found the matching heart, transplanted me and I walked out of that hospital eleven days later around June the seventeenth. And that was fifteen years ago. So oh, I think amazing. that Yes, I think their little estimate of 90 days is just a little bit off. I'm not entirely. <laughs> so I, I laugh now when I see that paper that they wrote, and I'm sure that they wish that they could get that paper back. But it's just one of the things that uh, that inspires me to keep moving. So how did I get to this point? What I found was, that all of the things that I had seen over those six years, all of those years of being in and out of the VA hospital with multiple levels of heart or multiple degrees of heart failure, I met some truly wonderful people, people like uh, you all, myself, who have served this nation without regard to our own health or our own hurt. We uh, I called us the commandable people. We're people that can be given a command by that sergeant or lieutenant or whoever it was, and we did as we was commanded. And not everybody will do that. You ask, you tell some people to do something, they're going to stand there and ask you why. Okay? And so as men and women who served the nation, we were commandable. And I met these people, and they had these wonderful life stories. They helped to build libraries. They uh, taught schools, they helped to advocate for crossing signs, just all of the wonderful things that helped strengthen the communities throughout this nation. And no one except their families knew their story. No one knew who had done the things in their community to make the life in their community better, and everyone, it seems, was always labeling people we didn't know as our heroes. You had basketball heroes, football heroes, and, and everybody was a hero, but the people who actually put in a life of work in the community, very few people told this, knew their story. So I started a program called A Senior Salute. And the listeners, they can go to the website. It's www.aseniorsalute.com. And I started this uh, program called the Senior Salute, and it had to do a couple of things. Number one, it had to be a community celebration. So the community must stop and take time to say thank you for the service of those who have given a life of service to that community. Now, a community is loosely defined. It doesn't have to be a community that you live in. It could be a community that you give service in on your work. It's not the paycheck part of it, but you may be a volunteer through your work for some other thing. That's a community. Uh, it could be a, a community of, of a belief or worship. So if someone could be a Sunday school teacher. We don't get into any religious or political beliefs but someone who believes in doing those things to help people, the children or something, so that they will grow up with the morals and, and the character that it takes for this nation to continue to be strong. So but first of all, it had to be a community celebration. Second of all, the honorees must be chosen by a selection committee that is formed and authorized 
out of the community. And as a Marine, we have the Marine Corps. Uh, we've always offered uh, the other branches, but the Marines always show up. We have the Marine Corps that's there to help participate. So we have the community gives the celebration. The community forms a selection committee to, to select who in their community should deserve such awards. And then we have the governing board, and that's the board that once that selection committee submits those names to us, we submit them through various verifying agencies to assure that, number one, that they are, in fact, a veteran discharged under conditions of honor, and, number two, that uh, the service that's being proposed is a material service. That's something that has had material value to the community, not just something that somebody is talking about something and nothing ever happened to their talk. So right. once the governing board approves it, once the governing board approves it, then we schedule that date. And we assist by we can uh, let the selection committee get the keynote speaker. Oftentimes it's something that is veteran-centric. Uh, Mr. Basher, like you were talking about the things that's coming out of Washington, we, we have keynote speakers. All keynote speakers must volunteer their time. And we've had some uh, Congress people. We've had some uh, professors. We've had some um, community leaders. We've had a lot of people to be keynote speakers, and all of them understand that they will not be paid for the event. Or we can help with that, and then we sometimes bring in people from a national uh, platform or something, just however we can help to make that ceremony successful. Here recently, if anyone knows anything about Los Angeles, uh, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion is quite a large venue, and we uh, provided a senior salute inside of the older recognition day that they had, and the place was packed. Uh, it was completely full, and we had 10 on a read. So it's a uh, ceremony from the community, two persons in the community, and you have three records that happened that day. At one end, someone from the community reads the record of service of the honoree. At the other end of the platform, the Marine Corps is there in dress blue uniform. And the reason it's called a singular salute is because when the record is read at a certain point, the Marine snaps to attention from parade red and walks across the stage in front of the senior, turns, faces that senior, snaps to attention again, and gives that person a salute. It's the same salute that's been given to the presidents of this nation throughout the history of this nation. It, it, it's in that same spirit, what I'm saying, a spirit of recognition. Right. Uh -huh. And okay. respect. Yes. And then you have a young person from your community. And the young person is holding the official senior salute plaque. And after the salute is given and returned by the honoree, then the young person walks across the stage and presents that senior with a plaque. So you have three records in the community of that service. You have the spoken record, that record of service is read. 
You have the visual record. People see this salute bestowed on them in recognition of their service. And you have the written record, the plaque is given. So you have three generations. You have the senior who has given a life of service to this nation and said to himself or herself, I will take off the uniform of active military service and put on the uniform of neighborly service, community service, service as a spouse, service as a teacher or leader. So you have the senior being honored. You have a message to the active service person that when they are discharged from active military service, they are to continue in service in the community. And then you have the young, not yet adult generation there to see who actually are the heroes on their block. These are the people that advocated for the parks so that they'll be able to play. These are the people that advocated for better books so they will be able to learn. These are the people that advocated for stop signs so that they would be able to cross streets without getting hurt. These are the people that they could model themselves after. These are the the whole purpose. The community hero, right? Not the I can shoot a basket so I'm a hero. That's correct. Okay. Most of the times when we look at these basketball players and football players, people hollow hero, 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 and you never meet them. Okay? Right. So we see a people on a uniform on the field, but still, too, we never see them with any kind of service in our community that would help mold people. It's just simply something that they see on television. So the strength of the nation not only can be found in the things that we must have in order to defend our borders, the strength of the nation also can be found in the willingness of the people to serve in their community. I absolutely believe in that, yeah. So that is what a senior salute is about. A senior salute tells the story of the community, in the community, by the community, and let everyone who hears it let them be made aware and thereby strengthened that they, too, are to have some kind of service. Make sure that when that person comes home from having served this nation that you have enough respect to say, and understandably so, thank you for that service. When you walk past a senior who may be a little slower now, be of an understanding mind to say, here's a person that has given service to the nation and given service to the community, and now let me be mindful to be of service if I can and not be disrespectful by no means to this person. So I I envision that a senior salute has a strategic plan because we cannot uh, begin to continue to try to, to to do things with technology that we can do just by being uh, good neighbors. And that's what a senior salute helps to promote. Okay. It strengthens the neighbor the nation through recognition of the service of those who give the neighbor. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Okay. So that's how it started. I just started over the six years. You know, you, you wonder sometimes you go through things so long, you wonder is this thing ever going to end? And I just knew it had to be a purpose for me going through it once I came through it. It had to be a purpose for it. And um, I went back and tried to open up my computer company, and I was absolutely miserable. I, I just I was going back to the same stress that I had before the heart transplant. And I just kept looking and kept looking, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? And I had made these notes of all of the wonderful people that I had met, and they were just notes on a piece of paper. And that's why I started the same career. So... The very first senior salute was held at a senior center in East Rancho Dominguez in 2003, I believe. And it was, this senior center was just so poor, they didn't even have a kitchen in it. They couldn't cook no food. All the food that they, they came in had to be bought in from the outside. And uh, we took that center and we honored the people in that community. And because of that, when you go to the web page, you'll see um, the very first congressperson that ever attended a senior salute attended out of that senior center. So uh, we do it as senior centers. Uh, what we find is there's not much support uh, going into churches because obviously you have a separation of church and state that must be maintained by the Marine Corps and other things. But senior centers, community centers, schools, um, other community venues, city venues, uh, uh, city or locally owned venues, those are the places where we do a senior salute. Um, let's see, did I cover everything? Well, I don't know. It sounds like you covered a lot. That's worthy. Yeah. I mean, that's really a nice program you have there. Okay. Romans. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm proud well, thank uh, you. Uh, that uh, you was able to get that initiated because uh, you're correct. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of of uh, uh, good people out here, uh, service personnel that uh, served, and mm -hmm. uh, when they got out of service, they they continue to serve. That's correct. It, it seems like uh, it's a lifetime commitment, whether they intended it to be that way or not. That's correct. I think eventually after they're out of the service, they say, you know, uh, they it's it's kind of an inner inner drive uh, to see mm -hmm. that you give back. Uh, you give. Uh, uh, we're not not everybody in this country is an individual taker. There's there's so many that give. That's they correct. Give, uh, uh, they give without any expectation of receiving anything in return but their own satisfaction that they've helped do this or they've helped do that. And that's that's all they need. They're not looking for yeah. recognition or nothing. Right. Well, that's, that's the reason why I uh, work with so many veterans today. I, my own personal experience, one of the things that I – 
tell veterans is that what happened to us in service was personal. But the Department of Veterans Affairs, the claim process is not personal. It's the last thing that that you can ever think of as personal because the second largest department of the United States government is the Department of Veterans Affairs, and it's second only to the Pentagon or the Department of Defense, however they put that whole thing together. But, but as far as the money goes, the finances, and so they have this structure by which they do things. Now, I, my claim uh, took from uh, uh, really from 1985 until 2014. That's where my claim went all the way to the Court of Appeals, and, and uh, the judge came down from Washington, D.C., Judge Lyons, and he heard the thing on remand, and he memorialized a 1985 date because that was the first time that I had gone to the VA with the problem. And um, uh, they knew that there was a problem, and they didn't do anything about it. But, but, the, 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 but, but the latest claim I started was in 2000, and it wasn't settled until 2014, uh, late last year. So that's sad. Um, that's sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Really. Okay. It's 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 really really sad because you know you you write the National Personnel Records Center and uh, uh, this is why I'm saying that it wasn't. I had to learn that it wasn't personal. You write the National Personnel Records Center. You ask for your records. You think you have all of your records. And then someone, you meet another veteran, and they said, no, well, if you didn't do this, you really don't have all of your records. And so uh, there were cases that I had to use the FOIA Act, the Freedom of Information Act, just to get part of my own records. And uh, when I got the records and put them all together and began to understand what was going on, then it was able to uh, make more sense to me. But that's why I help veterans. I'm not a veteran service organization. I don't do any of those things to help people to elude any of it. All I'm saying is I had 14 years of writing, rewriting, appealing, appealing the appeals, and everything else before uh, my The reading, the research, the conversations. Yes. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing of going through DAV, and I support all of the veteran service organizations. I frankly think that they are, uh, are just simply overwhelmed, and uh, I think that that's why I was so impressed with that website, with you all's website. I mean, it just opened up a new world to me, and uh, I will be directing veterans to it uh, each and every time I have an opportunity to, because we're the ones that have an understanding of what it's going to take because we've gone through it. And the people that can help us to go through it are the people that provide information to like you all, that provide information to help veterans specifically to uh, uh, do some things. Um, so we, that part of the service we do, we try to do it in churches because, uh, and, and senior centers. We bring up the issues often because most of the time the people that are dealing with the veteran are family members. They know that the veteran has had some kind of trauma or something is wrong, and they 
don't know what to do, they'll go to the VA office, they'll get the handbook, they'll find the file the papers, and then it just gets so frustrating to some people because it seems like nothing ever happens, you know. And uh, when people are denied and they continue to deny it and they just take the letter and stick it somewhere, but they have this legitimate uh, uh, claim or legitimate disability, then um, what do you do? So we started talking to the families because uh, here in Southern California, we have one of the largest homeless veteran populations in the nation. Okay, and we have uh, two populations, as you all know. You have the chronic homeless and you have the recently returning homeless. And um, uh, the chronic homeless is that Vietnam and earlier or it, it doesn't specifically say a war period. What chronic says that is, is that if you have been homeless for a single episode for a certain amount of time, or if you have had multiple episodes of homelessness in a given period of time, then that's chronic homeless. Uh, if you are not chronic, and you just had a homeless episode, they separate those because if you're recently returning, they just need to get you back on your feet and get you uh, employed or get you with schooling or whatever. Chronic homeless, uh, a lot of times uh, or most often, you're going to have to deal with uh, three things. You're going to have to deal with their state of homelessness, you're going to have to deal with a mental health issue, and you're most often going to have to deal with some kind of addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs or those kind of things. So since um, we know that, and since I lived through that period of when we went to the VA and said something was wrong with you and somebody gave you an aspirin, and I actually had that to happen to me, I was in heart failure. They took me in the ER, and the man looked at me and said, you was here last week. And and I think, now this was before any kind of examination or anything, he just said, you was here last week, I never will forget it. And I think you just using the VA because you homeless. I wasn't homeless, I was living over in the domiciliary. They had moved me over there because they wanted me to be there so, I, you know, so I'd be close enough to the, to the hospital. And he gave me an aspirin and said that was as much as he could do, that the VA could do. So yeah, we all remember... I know. I I went into I, went, I took an ambulance to the VA a few months ago. Um, mm-hmm. So I had uh, pneumonia bronchitis, and mm-hmm. uh, they rolled me in. And as I was going past one of the people, she stuck her head out the little window and said, "You know, you can't. You know, you were just in here. You just can't be coming back here whenever you're feeling bad." And I said, I was not just in here. I said, I don't come here. You know why? Because I hate it here. Yes, yes. And I thought, you know, you just. Yeah. Oh, God. So that's why you all are so important, for you all to be uh, here and have done 19 years of work to putting together uh, a informative and a proactive web page. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something that just broke my heart. Uh, some years ago, I chaired the Veterans Committee for 
Los Angeles County Advisory Council on Aging. I uh, recently turned out as a county commissioner, but before the commission, I was a part of the uh, Advisory Council on Aging. And as the chair of the Veterans Committee, it was my responsibility to meet, uh, to be a part of the local veterans network. And they had this network that was primarily, oh, it was all women veterans. And they talked about how uh, they had encountered these uh, uh, injuries in service, and their injuries were unique uh, because they were not battlefield injuries, and Mm -hmm. I think the listening audience can understand without me going any further into that. But what, yes, what they uh, were really hurt about uh, twice was that once they went into the VA to talk about that, some of the people chose to put them up as a contributor and not try to treat them for uh, what had really had happened. And I just got so uncomfortable because I didn't know what else to say or do. And when you... Uh, advocate for veterans, you just have to advocate for veterans and say, you know something, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me feel, I'm going to press through with this. So we press through because here um, in Southern California, especially in L.A. County, we have uh, uh, not only the federal level, but we've got the state level, um, which is called CalVet, and then at the county level, we have the California, I mean the Los Angeles County Uh, military and veterans affairs. So we were able to address their concerns over the county level because that was a big part of why we were seeing so many uh, women veterans that was homeless. And and, and that uh, is just almost an insult to the nation to have men and women who served and served at their own peril in defense of this nation and in in the course of that experience uh, an injury that has them on the street and you can't explain it. Uh, I, I just, right. Well, I back, you know, back in the 90s, they were, it was not a warm and fuzzy place for women veterans. And, that's right. Uh, from either the a lot of the people in the VA, not all of them, but a lot, mm-hmm. and the VA... Uh, you know, service orgs. Uh, mm-hmm. Those guys were not all that. And there was a lot of, you know, it was either a woman's issue and you should have never been in the service or right. it was your own fault, you know. Right. You, sh- right. you know, you put yourself yeah. in this position. And they did the same mm-hmm. thing to men who did, you know. Yeah, well, they did it to me. They, they yeah. told me emphatically, <laughs> they told me emphatically, Mr. Hall, it is no way that you can have a heart issue in 73 and it doesn't show up until 94. And that was their position, and they just continued to take that position, continued to take that position. And I don't remember who told me about it, but he said that there was a doctor in Japan that named this battle illness that had to do with the heart, and it's called Takabola syndrome. 
and it's where you're under so much stress in a short period of time. Uh, I, I tell all veterans that most of us just steward a post, and I'm using that as a foundation. I was stationed at the National Security Agency, which was very stressful back in the 70s. But the, the truth be told, all I did was steward a post. You could ask me what was behind those doors. I wouldn't know today. Okay, because as a Marine, my job was either courier, escort, or security. And the thing that was most stressful was the security. So what they found was you can have service that is so stressful and it is can be for a short period of time, but the injury that's the stress, the injury that it does to the heart is something that's lasting. So they kept denying it, kept denying it. Uh, West L.A. has the largest cardiology department in the VA system, and that's where I was going, and they kept denying it, kept denying it. And it was this doctor in Japan that identified it, and West L.A. started doing seminars. (laughs) (laughs) They started talking about this illness, at the same time, they're denying veterans' claims for the illness. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, my. Now, you know, that's I wish I could wild. say that's surprising. <laughs> I wish I could say that's surprising. Yes. Okay. So I had some wonderful doctors. I won't call their name, but I, in the end, I had some very, very wonderful doctors. And they started writing letters. And they started talking about it, and they started doing uh, all of the things. Uh, my heart doctor, my PTSD doctor, uh, just all of the things that went on and, and just painted the picture. And that's what made the difference. So that's why I was saying it's not personal. At first, I, I used to just with all of those papers, and it just felt like that you were against all of the weight of having to deal with the VA was on my shoulders, and it was, to me at that time, it was personal because you couldn't get any help from DAV. You you go up there and sit and wait hours to see them, and once you see them, you they get there and punch a few keys in the computer and say, oh, nothing has changed. Right, and then you go back and to you, waiting again. You go back to wait again. You know, you get a letter and they say, oh, uh, nothing has changed. Well, I got this letter that says something has changed. Well, they, they send that to everybody. Right. That's everybody. You know, you just... Well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what that's about, about but I, 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 I know what's going on. And you, you know, I, I, I... The things they say, I call the the the... VA hospital to the mm-hmm. where the files are to get a copy of a, a, a neurological memory test the VA gave me yes. and uh, I said well look I said I don't you know I just need to know if it got sent to the regional office and this okay. guy said to me we're the VA if it's supposed to happen it does <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, what planet are goes, you on? Yeah, he goes, we're the VA. If it's supposed to happen, it does, and I don't have time yeah. to yeah. look at stuff for you. 
Yeah. You know what's amazing, though, T. Britt? I'll tell you what I, I, I just love, and it's it's really amazing, Mr. Cook, Mr. Basha. All of these things are amazing because, see, we press through no matter what. You can right. you can you can throw up every roadblock, every every distraction you want to, but we are so accustomed to being singularly focused on what the objective is. And that's why it's so important that we help our fellow brother veterans and sister veterans because at, at their state, you know, sometimes you get you get tired of, of, of just battling. You know, the the story, I, I used to think that they had a script. Okay, today is Monday. Let's see, what is Monday? Oh, your records is one of the records that burn up in the fire. Huh? I didn't ask you about no records yet. You know? <laughs> oh, today is Tuesday. Oh, we transferred your record to uh, somewhere else. Okay, right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. 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 You know, so I, I try to get the audience to laugh, to say, look, before it happens to you and you get frustrated, I want to get you to laugh today so when it happens to you and you start laughing, they may well help you because you're going to be sitting there laughing and they're going to say, hey, this is a crazy person. I don't know if you people mad, but he's laughing. So let's hair up and get his claim straight and get this crazy person out of here, you know, because, you know, it just goes on and on and on. But I met <laughs> some wonderful, wonderful people because I truly believe. Now, this, you know, I, I said like this, at 63, my eyes are not what they used to be. So I said, it looks like to me that the VA is really trying today. But here again, my eyes aren't what they used to be, okay? So I miss the wonderful people that to today try to help. Now, we are more vigilant today because we we'll share yes, our experiences. Yes, we the, share our The Internet has really made a big difference in that. That's true. That's absolutely true. We can true. talk to each other, and we can start comparing notes. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, that's, that's not what be you BS, told. And then you can, yeah. That's, that's true. That's true because it 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 just it defies logic to me that you have people so smart that you can take a satellite and look in somebody's backyard and read the content on the soda can. But you can't figure out what to do about veterans who are suffering. That just defies life. Okay. Okay. And you talk about homeless veterans. Well, I'm not saying give somebody something they don't deserve. But if you paid them the compensation they deserve, maybe they could afford a place to live. Right. I mean, if you know, it take fifteen years. Maybe they wouldn't have lost their wife, their kids, yes, their home. Their yes, yes. You know, 
know, we can, we can, we can, we need to think about some of the contributing factors. So that's what I, I try to say. You know, the, the people that talk about uh, one man uh, told me uh, he wasn't going to be inviting me back to speak. I said, okay, that's fine. Because he told me that he was in the Air Force and said that if they asked him that he'd join again. And so I just asked him what branch of service was he in. He said he was in the Air Force. I asked him, well, what did you do in the Air Force? He said, well, I used to. He said something about the, the plane and the window of the plane. And I'm scratching my head like, Man, you wasn't in service. You was working for American Airlines or Delta or somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I I go back and do that myself. All I got to do is climb up some stairs and watch the airplane weather. Okay? But when you start talking about things where you're going to see people uh, hurt coming back, when you're talking about you're going to have to deal with people who now are shaken because of their experiences, it gives you pause to whether you are just willing to go back now. If somebody was to come and start talking about they want to do something to this nation, that's a different thing, all of us. You know, when we looked at September 9-11, I never will forget that day as none of us. I mean, I... I, uh, I think that was the only the only time I may have looked and tried to find a marine recruiting station. And I I had yeah. to be in my fifties. <laughs> no, I'm no good to nobody as a fifty year old marine, you know, with a heart transplant. But that touched all of our hearts because somebody had hit our homeland. Okay. Right. So I said to the young man, You don't have to invite me back but I think I got my message across. It's not enough for you to sit back and talk about uh, veterans on Veterans Day. You should be doing something about veterans 365 days a year. And if you do that, there's no need for me to come back. And um, I think that's That's what we, yes, if we continue to do things and talk, and work with veterans, you all's contribution with this website and directing people on where to go and how to go, having a – I put my name and telephone number in there, okay, because I looked up and saw the options about the, the burial, you know. I, I put my name in there. I looked and saw them prices. I went, wow, I'm not going to be – you know, I'm not like I'm going to be alive and say, well, I wish I could have got this color, that color, you know, hey, for, for that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I like that price, okay? So uh, that's, those are the things. We found that most often veterans, one of the things that we have been failing at is thinking about that day, and we leave our families in total disarray when it happens to us. They don't know what documents they should have. They don't know where to go and get those documents. They don't know what to do. All they're left with are the uh, stories that uh, they are told throughout the lifetime. Uh, One lady told me, she came to me and told me she needed help. And uh, she said her dad had talked to them about how he had helped to save the world. 
And I'm not going to tell nobody that it's not true. I listened and I listened and I did everything I could. And when it was all over with, he was just like me and you. He did what he was told to do. That man was right. nowhere near James Bond, you know. But the family believed that their dad was James Bond. So, okay. Now you can't tell somebody their daddy's not James Bond. That's right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, but, you know, we we got the DD-214. They got the service. So it's a lot of things that we, as veterans, can help veterans do. And that's why, again, the thing is saluted. That's why I have uh, keynote speakers oftentimes as veterans or or seniors who are very supportive of veterans' issues so they can help raise in the community those issues that have to do with veterans so that our people are more conscious about uh, the veterans that that are there in their community. Uh, We received one email where this young lady in school actually got up and uh, volunteered at the VA because she wanted to help veterans after she heard the story. She said that her neighbor was a veteran and her neighbor had passed on and all of the times she knew he was a veteran, but she never went over to try to do anything and she felt so bad. So she went and volunteered at the VA to just help people. And those are the kind of little stories that you hear that give you strength and inspire you that the message is working. So, uh, I am just so thankful to be, uh, you know, a part of that by doing the little thing that I've asked to do. So now on the Raymond Hall show, um, that uh, show airs tomorrow uh, here L.A. time. It airs from 3.30 to 4.30. So I think that's about, what, 1.30 you all's time? Yeah. Uh, yeah, about 1.30 you all's time. Uh-huh. Well, 12.30 so, Central and 30 Eastern. Okay, so, so we're a diverse we, group. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, we we talk about on the Raymond Hall show. We talk about veterans issues. We talk about uh, senior issues. Uh, the, the the group of veterans who built this nation is that World War Two, Korean War. Other other periods have added to it, but these are the people that are, are counted, given credit for building that that golden age. And I tell veterans all the time, if it had not been for the earlier veterans, we wouldn't have the benefits that we have today. That's right. And the thing mm-hmm. is that, that I think that that's something I was just pondering on with someone the other day, that really uh, we're all leaning on the back of the veteran who came before us. The World War II veterans got more benefits that were available to the Korean War vets. You got more than, you know, even though a lot yes. of times it was really crappy. But, it, yes. you know, each, and someday these Iraq and Afghanistan vets will be the last generation. And what That's they've true. gotten will help the next generation. But mm-hmm. they'll be like mm-hmm. us. Futuristic. Mm-hmm. You know, well, when they declared, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, if it wasn't for the World War II veterans that uh, served honorably in our country, and that was the ma- that was the biggest conflict that you know was ever ever known to mankind, if they hadn't done what they did, your morning phone call when you answered your phone, you go mushy mushy. That'd be your language yeah. speaking. That's true. That's true. Okay. Mushy mushy or Heil Hitler. Either way. Or no, it's Spaghetti Deutsch. 
<laughs> because well, you uh, know, uh, I think I think the important thing I really like to point out is what Raymond is doing, is uh, and what I've done with the website is just because you're one individual person, does not mean you can't change. I remember I I started and I run the website by myself. So thank you. Uh, yes. yes. I didn't even thank get you. you know I was lucky that we got some volunteer moderators John and mm-hmm. Charlie and Pete you know around mm-hmm. 2005 and 2006. But you know mm-hmm. you're not just because you're just one person doesn't mean that it's impossible for you to do anything. Uh, That's but true. whatever you whatever you can do do do. This is what mm-hmm. I can do. I'm good at websites. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Yeah, well, thirteen thousand we members. <laughs> yeah, I was really impressed with that. When Mister Cook told me that, I was really, really impressed with that. That is a strong following. Okay, the strong um, following, and it's all word of mouth. Yep, grassroots. Uh, hey, Raymond, I want to ask you a question. We we had a gentleman it. there over the years that we've had on our show several times over, I guess, over the past five or six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a uh, spokesman for a company called Bergman Moore, which is a, a law firm that uh, in D.C. But actually, okay. he he sit, spent time on the hill, did all the figures and all the numbers. He come on the show mm-hmm. about once once a month, and he gave us some really good information. Uh-huh. Well, he has uh, since relocated to your state. Okay. And he's now a director of the California Department of Veteran Affairs. I urge you to reach out to him and have him come on your show. He's an excellent okay. speaker and one heck of a person. What's his name? Paul Sullivan. Paul Sullivan. Okay. Yep. Paul. I'll I'll send you his uh, phone number, Raymond. Okay. I I really would I really would appreciate it. I'll tell you what, he's a top notch man. He's hard to beat. Okay. Because uh, I have a it. very good rapport with uh, 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 CalVet as well as uh, uh, LA County military veterans. Uh, you just tell them that John Stacy T. Bird and Gerald Cook recommended him to talk to you, and you'll be just fine, brother. Okay. Well, I'm, I am going to do just that, Okay. I am going to do just that because I'll tell you what we're constantly looking for. We're constantly looking for support in uh, making, uh, helping to make a senior salute grow. These, these, these communities need to hear something good. I was reading the L.A. Times today, and it just dawned on me. Somebody needs to start a newspaper, and don't put nothing in the newspaper but good news. Well, he would be news. one that would certainly work with you. I'm sure of that. Okay. Uh, he's a one. Okay. He's a wonderful guy. Um, okay. You can tell him I winked at you when I said that, but uh, <laughs> he is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell him that too. <laughs> I will tell him that. Too. Are you Are you in L.A. Raymond? Yes, I'm in. Uh, uh, I'm actually in Long Beach, but yes, I'm in L.A. We come out a few times a year. I might look you up when I get out there next time. Well, I tell you what, you you do that. Let me let me uh, if it's if, if I don't know whether you all want to, but let me give you a, a little information here. Yes, well, that's what we need. Okay, the the uh, telephone number if they want to uh, get 
two, a senior salute is 323-841-7365. Okay. And, and if they want to email me, it's just Raymond Hall at aseniorsalute.com. Okay. And then what I'll do is I will text you all. Um, well, well, Mr. Cook has my my uh, telephone number that rings directly to me. So you you all just shoot. Yeah. And when you come out to LA, please, it will be an honor, and I would love to have you for dinner and uh, um, just whatever time permits. Mm. I'm glad I come take you to dinner, buddy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Well, just to be able to put our feet under the same table and share a meal is good enough. That's awesome. Can I, can I call you Clack? <laughs> I would not. That's a, that's a different song over there. That's a different, <laughs> that's a different song, man. Okay? But you can call me any time. Okay? That's right. You can call me any time. I, uh, I, I just think it's such a wonderful thing that what you all are doing. And I'm going to, um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to, under the under our link, I'd like to put you all up as one of the links uh, that people should go to when it comes to veterans uh, services. If they got a question or something that has to do with veterans or the VA or something, we need to uh, point people to those places that actually provide a service. And that web page, uh, T-Bear, that you did, that that you've done, that is really impressive. I I, I told uh, Mr. Cook, I called him back in 30 minutes. I was so involved in that web page. I looked up, it was about 11 o'clock. And I said, oh, no, I'm not going to call him 1 o'clock in the morning. So I just have to talk to him today. But I am really, I am <laughs> I was really impressed with that uh, the information that was provided on the on the uh, web page. Okay, so uh, I just look forward to meeting you, and I look forward to us working together. And um, senior salutes. What we do is we have supporters, and these supporters we 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 don't call any name, but these supporters are uh, uh, they have a degree of wealth. And uh, what we do is we tell the community, if the community say that they think uh, 50 people or 100 people or 200 people is going to be there, then we go and tap into our supporters. So there's two types of a senior salute. Sometimes we embed a senior salute into a ceremony that's already planned for and no food is provided. And sometimes a senior salute is the ceremony itself and we always serve uh, a lunch or something, you know. Uh, sometimes it's a full meal and sometimes it's a brunch type thing. But it takes on a uh, community um, uh, celebration with lunch and food and those kind of things. So we try to take the money out of it, and we try to uh, get those supporters wherever we go. So, uh if anybody, once they go to it and they think they want to form a, a selection committee, just have them to, to uh, follow the instructions, either call us or email us, and 
they'll process it from there. And I would be more than happy to uh, make sure uh, that that happens. I'm looking forward to all of you all getting a senior salute. I think each one of you should have a senior salute, but that's up to your community. I was telling Mr. Cook I had a, uh, uh, I reserved the right as founder and president to award a president's award of a senior salute. Now I might have to go and change it to say I reserve the right to award three, because now I've got three people in the country. <laughs> 19 years building the website, and I would imagine that it has helped millions of veterans. Okay, that's an award right there. So I just, I just tell you, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So. Um, uh, let's see, what else is it? That's uh, the Senior Salute, the uh, Raymond Hall Show. We do have a little gospel show, and we do, again, on all of my little shows, I talk about senior and veteran issues. Uh, so we do that, and uh, we're very active in the community when it comes to veterans' issues to try to make sure that veterans have a voice whenever people are talking about budgets and housing and transportation and those kind of things. I think one of the misnomers that people have is, oh, they're a veteran, they get taken care of. You know, we've all heard that. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. That a person is a veteran and that they are going to be taken care of. So we try to find out where those resources are where a person can be taken care of if, if it's the if it's a van through the VA or the county or some private donation or church or whatever. We try to uh, see what we can do to help veterans when it comes to transportation, housing, food, clothes, employment, those kind of things. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent program. Yes. Okay. Now, question for you real quick, Raymond. Do you still seek VA care, or do you go on the outside for your heart? Um, I've got a combination of the both. Yeah, I, me too. I have uh, – uh, let, let me say this. Uh, people are served through the Affordable Care Act, and I'm one of those people that's great, grateful for anybody getting help after having a heart transplant, but it kind of adversely affected me. I used to go to my transplant doctor and just get anything that I needed. Now the law says that he cannot, by law, treat me because I'm more than three years out. And uh, I have to see a primary care. Now, that's where the rub comes because I know more about, you know, uh, anti-rejection and anti-infection medication and more than yeah, those meds are. The, yeah, you know, and they they you know they want to play around with the meds and they have no idea that it can cause kidney failure and all those other kind of things. So, I go to the VA uh, for a lot of the treatment, but I still maintain a non-VA presence for the cardiology. Uh, uh, this last couple of months ago, uh, my annual, every annual, I have to go through certain things. And my uh, transplant numbers were really low. So I had the transplant cardiologist. I had the VA cardiologist to call the transplant cardiologist. 
and they were talking, and they said, well, you may have a false reading with the test that you gave. And the VA said, well, we don't do that other test, and we're not going to do it. It's too expensive. I said, now, he could have said that, asked me to step outside the room, because that really made me feel like, you know, okay, you're up to the same shenanigans again. You know, you don't do that, but yet you're going to take the test and, and get a false reading, and that's good for you. I don't, you know. So I maintained uh, a VA presence for a number of the issues, and then I just maintained uh, a cardiologist outside. I don't blame you. So I do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I do the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Excuse me, uh, uh, gentlemen, but we're we're uh, totally out of time here. Uh, oh wow! This time has flown by. Well, I told you it'd fly by. I tell you, it's wow. a blink of an eye. It's gone. We like to get you on a regular but, basis for good. But uh, okay, uh, we'll, we'll certainly welcome you back, Raymond. If you, you okay, you can uh, uh, put it in your schedule, and uh, okay, uh, we'll have you back on. Uh, this has been uh, uh, very informative. Uh, you've given us a lot of information about your program and what have you, and, and mm-hmm. uh, we've had a great time. It's been an honor having you on. So, well, thank you so very much, and it has been my honor. Uh, it has been a pleasure for me. And I will invite all of you to uh, you have a standing invitation. Uh, Mr. Cook, I spoke with you about it, to be on my show, uh, uh, the Raymond Hall Show, and we're going to talk about the services that you all provide through the uh, webpage and all the other things you do. So uh, we'll talk after after this show. And okay, we'll go very good. All right, okay. thanks a lot, Raymond. Uh, John, uh-huh, you want to quote? Uh, oh, it's yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. I want to thank Raymond for coming on and giving us a wealth of information. Uh, we'll have him back on because this guy is uh, he's one of the miracles of life, you know, and uh, to do what the man does, it's uh, very, very commendable. And uh, we look forward to having one again. With that, on behalf of T Bird and Gerald Cook, this is John Stacy, aka Jay Basser, signing off for now. It's you've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show.